0: Thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Hey, good to see you. Grab a bulletin if you have it. On the back is uh, your outline. I, I guess I should quit calling that an outline. That's not an outline. On the back of your bulletin is the address of the text that we will use in a blank spot for you to write. How about that? All right. All uh, right. Where this is the end of the put off put on series it's been a great series. We've run it all through fall uh, we we've, we've basically taken Ephesians four and Ephesians five where paul says you've got to put off the old self and put on the new stuff and we've looked at stuff all the way through that that those two chapters on what to put off and what to put on because I believe today no long, no nothing like any time in history that the world today is confused about the church and it's because we we do this thing called church and then we go out there in that world and we look like them and it's confusing to them because i think they're crying out deep in their gut show me something different show me something different what is this jesus thing who is jesus what impact does he make What difference does it make in in my life? What if I get up every Sunday morning and come to worship? How does that change me Monday? And and that's what we're after. And that's what we looked at through this series. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. It has been been tough at times, but I hope you've enjoyed it. I want to go back a little bit and look at the text from kind of where we started from before we set up today. Um, Look back at verse 20, Ephesians 4.20. Ephesians four twenty, you, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard him and were taught in him according with the truth that is in Jesus. Now I'm going to stop there. How many times have I said the word "in" in these in this series? I mean, it's just constantly in there because it's very important to know if you're in or out. Okay. Uh, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, we talked about that. That's kind of the setup deal. We talked about that. That's been the framework of the whole series is the fact that when you're in Christ... You're in, you're in Christ, you're new, you're made new. The symbolism of baptism and the symbolism of salvation is that you are now in Christ, you're buried in your old self, and you're raised to the new life that God gave you. Okay. And so what happens is, if you've been made new through, the, through salvation, through the Holy Spirit, and through, through uh, baptism and everything, then you've you got to walk in that new self. You can't go back to your old self. Romans says it's like digging up old bones. That's just gross. Don't do that, okay? So stop that. Get out of the cemetery, all right? And so let dead be dead and let alive be alive. Does that make sense? And so that's what he's talked about. So we ran through that. We ran through five. Look at today's text. Go to, verse, um, go to Ephesians 5, 19, 20, and 21. We're going to finish this series. Here's the three things. Last week, remember, we talked about how not to be drunk and how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, we talked about drunk in church, okay, because it's in the Bible, okay? Paul says, and Jesus says, don't be drunk with wine, but instead be filled with the Spirit. So meaning, you know what it looks like when you look, like, look at a guy that's drunk. He has characteristics and effects about him, okay? So when you're Spirit-filled, it ought to be easy to pick out as well. Okay, and so here's a couple of, uh, couple of the things that, that, that a spirit-filled person will demonstrate. Okay, we'll look at the effects uh, of that today. Look at verse 19. Speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for in everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, I don't want you to be concerned. I'm not wanting us to go around and going, oh, hallelujah, how are you, chappy? We're not singing people's names, okay? That would be weird. They would make a little room for you in a straight jacket, and they'd be good. They'd serve you through a crack in the door, all right? That's not, don't do that. That's dorky, weird, goofy stuff. That's not going to impact the world. They're going to look at you and go, that's why I don't go to church, okay? Don't do that, okay? But what he's saying is, if you're spirit-filled, if you've got the Holy Spirit living in you, you're going to walk in a very powerful three-letter word's going to come out of you 24-7. It's called joy. It's just called joy. I'm going to tell you right now, I know we live in a fallen, broken world, but I'm not fallen broken. Somebody needs to understand that. Because, see, we're letting circumstances dictate our walk. We're letting how we, the world we live in dictate who we are in the world. That is so backwards to the gospel. Is the situation changing you? Or are you changing the situation? Because, see, too many times as believers we walk around like a wet pretzel thinking we're going to impact the world. They don't pay any attention to wet pretzels. None. Uh, Guess I'll go to church. Well, that's really, I'm, I'm so pumped. I'm going with you. I mean, that's, that's just depressing to me. Is the tomb empty or is it full? Did he die on a cross or not? Is he still up there? Because I don't think he is. All right? He's down and risen victoriously, and he gave us the Holy Spirit so that we might have what? Power. And so when you're walking in it, he wants you to walk and sing a song every day. Psalm 40 says that he, I w- that he put me on a firm rock. And he put a new song in my mouth, a song, a a hymn of praise to my God. And I will sing that song because many will hear and many will see and many will put their faith in the Lord. You singing your song? Are you walking in joy? Let me say something to you. If you're saved and heaven's your home and hell's not it, you got reason to praise because you got up today and the air that you're breathing you didn't work for is a gift from you, then you got to walk in joy, man. Because you're a king's kid. You've been redeemed. There's a Holy Spirit deposit guarantee in your inheritance in heaven one day, and you got nothing to worry about. Your theme song ought to be, God's got this. God's got this. Because too many times the church looks like a wimp when the church should have power. We bow to the world instead of walk out there bold. Man, you got to go out there in your, I mean, you got to walk 24-7 with joy, man. Because joy is who you are. If the Holy Spirit lives in you, man, joy is your theme song. It's you you got to sing it. Now, I don't mean be fake. I am so glad I had a flat and my hot water heater busted and I ran over my cat when I came out of the garage. I mean, you ain't got to. That's just weird. You ain't got to do that. I'm just saying there's got to be some joy. There's got to be a well that you draw from, dude, that when it's tough, when it's ugly, when you shouldn't be looking like that walking through the wilderness you're walking through, oh, no, no, you're walking through the wilderness singing a song because you know your eyes are on the king, okay? Listen to me. Joy, joy cannot be manufactured by this world. It just can't. If you're looking for the world to manufacture joy in your life, you've you, you got the wrong gas station. You're not going to get it. it. It can't do it. Created things cannot give you joy. The Creator gives you joy. Okay? You get joy from the Holy Spirit of God. You get happiness from happenings. The world can give you happiness. Because it can give you happenings. You can make a good grade on a test. You can, they can have what you want at lunch, and your outfit can look cool, and you can make the team, and you can get the right job, and you can go to the right location, and you can get a great house, and you can get a great deal, and you can get a new Chevy, and all these other things. But let me tell you something. When it's all said and done, it, 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 that won't matter. That won't matter. Because you can have all of those things and have no joy and be miserable as a fish out of water. Miserable. The world can't give you nothing when you're a king's kid because we're passing through, my friend. Don't make this your home and don't demand its happiness. You walk through a joy. You walk through as a king's kid and when somebody come up beside you and say, look, man, I've been watching you for years. you got something I don't have. What you got? I got Jesus. That's what I got. Well, I got a new Chevy. Well, that's not going to get it done, all right? And now you got to have joy. Joy is a supernatural thing that's only birthed by the Holy Spirit of God. And without the Holy Spirit of God, my friend, you will not have the joy. This morning, let me ask you. I'm not asking you if you're happy. I'm asking you, do you have joy? Do you have joy? Do you have joy? Because if you can say, yes, I have joy, you just said, yes, I have Jesus. And if you can simply over here say, I don't have joy, I have happiness. Then you guess what? You probably don't have Jesus. You probably have church. You probably had be born in America. You probably had Texas Jesus. All right. The grilling out Jesus. Hanging with the bubba Jesus. But I'm not talking about all that. I'm talking about the biblical Jesus. I'm talking about the Jesus in that book. I'm talking about the Jesus that, that raised Lazarus. I'm talking about the Jesus that met the woman at the well when she wasn't least expecting it. And she had five husbands, and she was looking for joy, and she was about to get another one and see if he could give her joy. And she, Jesus said, no, he can't do that. You need me, and I'll give you a well that you'll draw from that will never run out. And he changed her life right there. See, Jesus saved. Man casualty six from ever trying. He couldn't do it. He's he just going to get toasted too, all right? How many things are you looking for in your life to give you joy when you're looking at the wrong thing? You can have all the right stuff, the world says, and still be miserable, and you see it every day. Be lonely with a crowd of people. How many people have been in a crowd and be lonely? You're never lonely with Jesus, never. Second thing is this, you see, in this text. Gratitude. Gratitude. A wise man once said that when gratitude dies on the altar of a man's heart, he is well near gone. Mm. Let me tell you something. On the eve of Thanksgiving, mm, do we have something to be thankful for or what? You can burn your t- turkey and still be thankful. I don't recommend it, but you can still do that, okay? We had Thanksgiving one year. My wife makes great cranberry sauce, and I love it to death before I tell the story, baby. Remember this in love, okay? <laughs> My wife makes, she doesn't want no canned cranberry sauce. I don't do no canned cranberry sauce, okay? Pop it out of the can, slice it with a knife. Ooh, that's good. No, she doesn't want Walmart cranberry. So she makes cranberry sauce, awesome stuff. Okay, so we just do this big meal, man. Got it all. Got the family here and got this wonderful cranberry sauce. It's out in the outside fridge. We all get done eating. We clean the dishes. We make coffee. We pass desserts out. And then we get the leftovers out that evening and we're like, hmm, anybody want some cranberry sauce? We kind of skip that. So, so here's the deal. Even if you forget the cranberry sauce for Thanksgiving, you can still be thankful. All right? It's good cranberry sauce, but we just didn't have it for Thanksgiving meal. We got to have it for the leftovers. All right? So listen to me. Here's the deal. You got a lot to be thankful for. You got a lot to be thankful for. I want you to look at a text. And it's a sad text, but it's reality. Look at Romans 1. See what can happen to a man. Romans one, look at verse twenty one. One twenty one. Now this Romans one, I'll, I'll preach this one day. Mm. Woo. Yeah, we'll have to be. Uh, we we'll have to eat a Wheaties before we jump into Romans one. All right. Look at one twenty one. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile. And their foolish hearts were darkened. You want to see what happens to a country that's been blessed by God and now forgets to thank God? Their hearts will be darkened, hardened. We talked several weeks ago about darkness leads to deception, leads to bondage. Amen. You you just try it. Work every time. All right. When you stop saying thank you, when you stop being grateful, your heart begins to callous up and close in. And you will become very hard. You will become very hard. And I'm going to tell you how hard you can get. You can be so hard as a believer. You sit in church and you worship and you listen to the preaching of the word, and people will get saved, born again, changed forever, and you'll sit there like this. So, that's good probably wear off. I doubt they can change. I know them. It's not for real. It's just showing off. Just playing church, making his wife happy, making her husband happy. You say, you can't get that hard. Yeah, you can. I met them. I met them in church. Hard as a rock, man. And tell you, they're believers. Believe in God. Get so hard that thankfulness and gratefulness doesn't even exist anymore. can't say thank you for anything. They become so hard. They get cynical, judgmental. It's ugly, man. It's ugly. My friends, do not let that happen to you. Remember, Ephesians is written to the church and the believers. So why in the world would he have to say this text? Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, for everything in the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Why in the world would you have to remind the church and God's people that? Because we'll forget. We live in a hard world, hard world. And it can make you hard if you live out there. And you can see things in church That you go, "Mm, that is not God. That's just not God. And if you're not careful, it'll start squeezing you off. We talked some time ago, remember the text about quenching the spirit, kinking the hose? That's what it's doing. It'll kink it. It'll kink it. And that, that Holy Spirit in you that lives in you. But that hose is kinked, you can't come to the top anymore. It stops affecting your life. It stops, you stop. I mean, it just, it just, it's not there, man. It's in the hose, but it's kinked. And what happens to a kinked hose is you get nothing out of it. And what happens is a heart that's kinked and can't say thank you and it's not great for anymore. gets hard. It gets very hard. You remember the story in Luke? There's ten leopards. Ten of them that come to Jesus. Jesus heals them, all of them, They walk away. And one leopard comes back and says, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you. And Jesus looks at him and says, wasn't there 10? Mmm, wasn't there 10? See? (laughs) I wonder where we're at as a people. How long has it been since you've been able to say thank you to Jesus? Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Well, why are you saying grateful in the middle of your mess? I'm still grateful, man. I'm still rich. I'm rich. My thankfulness and my gratitude is not determined by the amount of money in my check account or 401. Man, we are rich. We are rich. We are rich as king's kids, my friend. We are rich. Last thing is this. You see in that text, submit to one another out of reverence for the Lord. I said a couple of weeks ago, if you're living for yourself, you're probably lost. Because, I I mean, I had a guy one time say, how do you know for sure, for sure that you're really saved? I mean, I don't know if I'm saved. How do you know for sure if you're saved? And I looked at him and said, if you're living for you, you're probably lost. Well, Immediately, you know what happened. Big old puppy dog tears hit the table. And he said, that's all I ever think about is just what's good for me. I said, well, you're probably lost. Because when you get saved, my friend, and Jesus lives inside of you, what you think about is him, how grateful you are for the cross, and what can I do, what can I do for you? See, he says if you're spirit-filled, you're going to walk in joy. If you're spirit-filled, you're going to be thankful. If you're spirit-filled, you're going to give your spot to somebody else. You're going to let them cut in line. You're going to submit to them. How can I serve them? How can I make life better for them? Oh, what about yourself? Oh, I'm good because my theme song is Jesus got that. Jesus has got that. Jesus got that. <laughs> I heard a pastor say one time, mm, You know your spirit feel when you can give your enemy a standing ovation for a trophy. That's true the person you dislike the most, you can clap for them. That's hard to do. That's extremely hard to do, man. It's extremely hard just to submit to other people, to say, that's okay. You take that last chicken leg, and I'll just eat salad. What? That's hard in America. You take that last rib, I'm good with potato salad. Potato salad's awesome. That's why I came. No, it's not. Nobody comes for all you can eat, potato salad. They come for all you can eat, ribs. So there's one guy in you, and you go, uh, mm, mm, go ahead. Go ahead. And right then your prayer is like, Jesus, I need some ribs to supernaturally appear from heaven. Because right? you're thinking, I don't want to get my ribs away. But that's what Jesus did. He thought of you. He thought of you. Oh, he went through a selfish moment. People say, was was Jesus ever selfish? Garden of Gethsemane, I think he was struggling with me. God, is there any other way? Is there any other way? This cup can pass from me. And then he said, not my will, but your will be done. My friends, that's got to be us. That's got to be us. When you're walking in the Spirit, you can give the best seat to a person you don't know. When you're walking in the Spirit, you can love people that are not very lovable. When you're walking in the Spirit, you can love your enemy. When you're walking in the Spirit, you can forgive. When you're walking in the Spirit, you can give your last rib away and take potato salad. My friends, listen to me. There are characteristics of spirit-filled people. We just looked at three today. Number one, joy. And number two, gratitude. And number three, humble love. Not just love, but humble love. For God so loved me that he gave his son. Mm. Is that you today? Today, here's the question. On the eve of Thanksgiving, you want to really, really have the best Thanksgiving of your whole entire life. Find out whether or not you have self-generated joy, man-made joy, or spirit-filled joy. Because there's really no such thing as man-made joy because man can't give you joy. Only Jesus can. If you're sitting here today and you've been looking for this world to make you happy and things to make you happy and you still feel in your gut that you're dissatisfied, you're not satisfied, you're not where you need to be, you know you're not saved, you know that, you know that, you know that, you've been trying, 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 can I give you some advice? Quit trying and die. And when you die, he'll raise you up from the dead and you'll walk in a new spirit. My friend, listen to me. Be born again. On the eve of Thanksgiving, you'll have the greatest Thanksgiving you've ever had in your life. And if you are saved and born again, make sure gratitude doesn't die on the altar of your heart. Make sure it doesn't. You have a lot to be thankful for. And my friend, if you're a spirit-filled believer, you better have humble love. This morning, as we move, the invitation. Ms. Paxton, come on up. Here's the deal. Invitation Here. It's real simple. We play one more worship song, just one more, and then we do what God's led us to do. It might be right where you're standing. You may need to come here for prayer. maybe you may need to come to the altar here and say, "I've gotten hard, I've gotten hard, I've gotten hard." Meaning to come to me and say, "Jeff, I walked in here blind, I'm lost. I want to walk out seeing." And have that happen right here. You may be looking for a church home, not, not a place to attend, not a place to go to church. I'm telling you, a church home, home. I, there may be others, and there are, but I think this is the sweetest place there is. And I invite you to come and your family and join here this morning. So during this invitation time, we'll sing one song, and then whatever God said to you, you say yes to him. Let me pray over you and we'll stand. Father, thank you so much for your word. Sometimes, God, it's so simple <laughs> that we can't help but get it. That way we know we, when we get it, we're held responsible for it. And So, God, today it's simple. God, may we search our heart and see if there's real joy. Real joy. May we search our heart and see if we really have thankfulness and gratitude in our heart. May we search our heart and say, man, do I really have humble love? And Most importantly, may we search our heart and ask, God, do I know you? Do you know me? So, God, this morning, move us during this invitation time. May your Holy Spirit speak, and may we say yes to you. For on the other side of obedience is always blessing. This is my prayer in your name. Amen.